0: Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press 1. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes
1: take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action
0: movies to truly understand what it takes To make a great action film. Ben Bateman. Andrew Guy. In a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive. This is Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up everybody? Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. This is our 10th episode. Count them 10 episodes. And we today are doing one of the greatest films in the history of American cinema. A very special movie that I like to call Terminator 2 Judgment Day. But everybody <laughs> likes to call it that, actually. Yeah, I think that's the title of the movie, this is the title of the movie. So this is Action Movie Anatomy. Welcome to the show, guys. We dissect action movies here on Popcorn Talk, the online movie network dedicated to talking film and all things movie-related. Uh, I'm joined today by my excellent co-host, Andrew Guy. What's up? I'm so excited to talk about this movie. I love this movie. I haven't seen it in like 10 years. I watched it twice last night, so... Yeah. Very exciting, and our very special guest, our Andrew guy, (laughs) our exciting and talented and wonderful director Ryan Brookhart. Where is he? (laughs) That's me. A man that actually owns a life-size Terminator endoskeleton in his home. Uh, We actually have a picture. We're just going to show you guys really quickly. You can you can see him standing next to his boy. Yeah, Uh, looking like a sitcom dad. This guy has the coolest adult toy collection No, okay that
1: is, <laughs> I actually do oh
0: man can we, can we cut can we just start over
1: <laughs> that's not it toy no, collections for adults now, I'm the guy I'm the guy on the right <laughs> or the left I'm sorry yeah <laughs>
0: You have no. That is the most adult toy. he That ever is himself. the biggest adult toy I've ever seen in my life. Um, so wow. yeah, that's, he's that's a pull cool. quote. I would say Ryan is overqualified to be our guest on today's episode. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. At least in some regard.
0: So this this is a show <laughs> where we talk <laughs> about action movies, and and they have to be of a base level of quality here to talk about them on this show. Absolutely, they have to hit four basic rules. So aside from being made after 1981, which is sort of the initial qualifier, and I did actually hear somebody arguing against that the other day on on Twitter. Somebody who was engaging with me. Yeah, uh, but. That is the rule for now. Sometimes we set aside of these. The four rules are, one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. And mm-hmm. lastly, there is at least one explosion. I think the fourth rule seems to be the one that is always... Who made these rules? We made these rules. We did.
1: You t- the two of you did? This is our show. Sure. All right. I'll challenge a couple of
0: these. Oh. Wow. About this movie? About this movie? About this movie. Well, we'll get into that. But before we get into that, we're going to show the trailer. The trailer for Terminator 2, Jojo. Uh, which is, you know, a, a, a pretty darn good movie as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. I mean, the trailers, trailers weren't quite as crazy back then, but this one was still enjoyable. <laughs> you know, the one thing about this movie and its effects... Oh, we can
1: talk over them. Yeah, we yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go in the background.
0: Um, is that the uh, the very opening battle scene? Yeah, it's pretty great still. Yeah, it is really the good. The war. Yeah, like even the robots. The, the worst part about it is probably the animatronics of yeah. the of the Terminators, but are, but they're real. It's crazy. They actually they they made them. Yeah, they made them. They're like walking yeah. models, and
1: and it's James Cameron doing that really great rear projection thing, no, which uh, he did a lot in Aliens, it. which right. is you know instead of green screen. I don't know if you guys know this, but you know they're they're acting in front of a giant movie screen, so they're seeing these big ships. The actors are. Oh, okay. On on
0: set. Interesting. I did not know that. In
1: fact, there are very there are a few times during the film we can talk about this where they use the rear projection. To a super bright rear projection to, uh, in place of like green screen. Okay. Or chroma key or whatever they called it in the time. Oh.
0: Um, it's gotta help with acting. so much. Well, not so just much. that,
1: but it also helps with post. It also, if it's done really, really well, it's pretty seamless.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: the scene where, uh, John Connor is saved by, uh, Arnold when, uh, there's the big part, the, the truck, uh, yeah. chase. Yeah. Right. A lot of that is rear projection
0: interesting when he pulls him off that. the bike that's all reproduction go. oh wow that makes sense that does sound like a ridiculously dangerous stunt to try you, to pull and the and kid and if you guys yeah. you know, go
1: back and watch it whoever watches it you pause it you'll actually see it but uh, in the uh, Blu-ray re-release the Skynet release they punched up the contrast a lot and it's even more seamless than it was even at the end
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway there you go yeah that's a good that's a good trailer you know it's good. It's amazing how how awesome this movie is, and how many great moments there are. Where like, if they were to remake this trailer now, it would be so much better. Oh, it'd be it'd probably be like a top ten trailer. Yeah, there's enough cool stuff in this movie that well, there'd like, there'd be that boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, Impending. You're talking like about you're gone. talking about the signature Nolan, the boom. Yeah. Boom. There'd be like ten of those. Yeah. That's, and everyone oh, would yeah. be turning towards the screen, <laughs> camera sort of down, looking up at him. There's actually a hilarious subculture of trailer recuts that you can find that like will take those. Oh, effects. they're amazing! Like, the Shining is my favorite. I've never seen that one. My favorite is the Mrs. Doubtfire that recut as a up. horror movie. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well,
1: The Shining the, you see, The you Shining is the like this
0: is. happy, like feel good comedy. Right. Yeah. I did look at that one. I saw that. There's a couple really good ones. One is Dumb is this and Dumber. Straight vodka. Yeah. <laughs> wow. like, there's one, There's Dumb and Dumber like remade as like a as like a uh, psychological uh, drama. Inception. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? I haven't seen this one. My favorite one, which is like super hilarious and like kind of childish, but it's from like a decade ago. I remember finding somebody like made this, except the theory is that terminator he like comes to earth and it's like it starts out like he was a gay terminator right. and it's like he ends up having like this like uh this like forbidden relationship with john connor and then it's they like, knew it was wrong yeah it's yeah. really dumb but i have this movie I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> all right in your adult film collection all right let's Gosh. get into the show Hush, i can't believe i slipped that up so guys what we do when we start the show out <laughs> is we all share a let's thesis statement <laughs> essentially uh we share a thesis statement that's uh, just a scene from later in the movie. We'll, we'll actually chat, chat about this later, but yeah, just kind of just there, play the background here. some ray projection Not okay. um, there. But, uh, but so the first there. thing we do in this in this show is that we there. start out with a thesis statement, a bold statement, and uh, anybody who is watching, you guys feel free to chime in with your own thesis statements or your own bold statements, but this is like something, it's, it shouldn't be too personal, like this is one of my favorite movies. It should be something very strong, a strong idea, a strong statement. So I'm going to start with our guest with Ryan. Ryan. Uh, Let's save this. Let's save this clip for later. Yeah. Well, we yeah. can play it again later. All but uh, right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk. This is actually the ultimate action scene we're going to get to later in the show. But, uh, All right. So, Ryan. this is the convenient um,
1: liquid nitrogen truck or something. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Liquid yeah. yeah. nitrogen. Yeah. Just like says liquid is nitrogen. Did you notice the name of the company on the truck?
0: No. Yeah. It's the uh, the company. Rio
1: Instead of Carol Co. Oh no! Mm. Look
0: oh, at that. Another little little tidbit. Little, for little Easter guys. egg.
1: Well, another little Easter egg. My what my bold thesis statement is yeah. not a thesis. It's just a just a general statement. I think when you look at all of Cameron's movies, it's, you know this is relatively early in his filmography, but yeah. not that early. They're all love stories disguised as genre pieces, mostly science fiction mm. or action films. But every single one of them, with the exception maybe of Piranha Two, which he wasn't really that responsible for. <laughs> but if you look at Avatar, Excellent. it's a love story. Sure, it's Pocahontas in space. Yep. Um, if you look at the first Terminator specifically... Yeah. And I think Terminator 1 and 2 link together, so you you can't really uh, dis- disengage one from the other. Sure. But look at true lies, look at... Um, I mean, name it. The Abyss? Oh, absolutely, The Abyss. The Abyss is about, you know, uh, this estranged couple that, sure. you know, in fact... Uh, his uh, Ed Harris's wedding ring saves him. Right. Think about that. I mean, yeah. that's both literal and deeply metaphoric.
0: Obviously Titanic. Oh, is Titanic a love story? <laughs> no, 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 that's... <laughs> that's the only one. So that a man, man and his boat. Very <laughs> much a science fiction That's, a, that's great. Yeah. I really like that. Um, yeah. But
1: I mean, if you look at it that way, it's, uh, it's also a great driver for, you know, I think the best uh, genre pictures is that, you know, if you look at a lot of films, why did they not succeed so well? And it's because they had no real core like, point to them. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to throw more explosions and we're going to do this. But, you know, Cameron's always been very, look, for better or for worse, but I think mostly for better, he wears his heart on his sleeve and there's this deep beating heart of something romantic or, you know, know, I mean, I
0: think he finds that the love... I mean, love is something everyone can relate to. It's, like, the most powerful, driving, engaging force in the world. And if you can tie that into action movies... Right. If you can tie it into any story, it's going to make it better. I mean, like, the Lord of the Rings movies, Gladiator is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, all these have underlying love stories in them to make them so much better. Well, it is interesting, too, when you think about the fact that, like, uh, pretty much nobody compares to Cameron when it comes to financial success as a director. And you have to ask... Well, I mean, Spielberg and Lucas are both incredibly successful directors. I mean, agreed, but, like, he's still... As a director and producer, he's still almost in a class of his own. Yes. With the top two ever, and the question you have to ask yourself is, what does it really take to make a hit? And he's figured it out. Maybe it's maybe it's exactly that you're talking about. Uh, I think it is. is well, the... I mean,
1: look at, look at Titanic as sort of an example. If you you know put Titanic next to Terminator Two in this respect, right. um, you had with Titanic the guys wanting to go see the film. I'm I'm not saying that I'm one of those guys necessarily, but the guys wanting to see the film because they want to see that boat go down. Right. right. Yeah. And the girls wanted to see it because they wanted to see the romance between Leo and what's her name Kate Winslet. Winslet. Yeah, and you know, so you and you served both you know uh, audiences completely.
0: And Andrew went in to see it to see Billy Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane, see <Billy> <laughs> <he> the boat? See <laughs> your, your friend Billy Zane. I know he's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. He's a nice man. <laughs> yeah, he, has, right.
1: he also has a large adult toy collection.
0: <laughs> let's let's move on to the. Let's, 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 let's. All right, so my. Uh, thesis or my bold statement is that this is the best cast action movie of all time. I'm going to piggyback on yours? Yeah. This is the greatest action movie of all time. The greatest action this movie of all time. The greatest action that movie of all very, time. That is a very very bold That's statement. Bold. Your statement about Mad Max Fury Road was the very same statement. Yeah, well, I saw it a week ago. Or a week before the show. I was, I was <laughs> fickle, writing a high one. popcorn talk people. I stand by mine. And I stand by mine, absolutely. But, I, but I'd like you to explain yours first. Best well, cast ever. Uh, you know, I think that... Um, what did Ebert say? Ebert said something a long time ago, obviously, when this movie came out. He goes, Schwarzenegger's genius as a movie star is to find roles that build on rather than undermine his physical and vocal characteristics. Obviously, that comes with direction and writing right. from Cameron. But you look at Patrick, you look at Hamilton, even Furlong. Yeah. Everyone's pretty... And uh, uh, Morton, right? Joe Morton, yeah. Joe They're Morton. all great in this movie. Yeah, they are. And, and even the bikers in the bar in the beginning, the parents, his... Yeah. Uh, I can never remember that guy's name, but his dad—he's the oh, Weasel Xander, Air Force One. Xander, yeah, Xander uh, something. B, Xander like, Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah yeah, 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 Xander Berkeley. They're all great. Everyone is cast so well yeah. in this movie. I think this is the best cast action movie of all time. Well, they're iconic. They're iconic in memory. Uh, every every role, right? Mm. And that's that's got to be an indicator. You don't yeah. go like, oh, such and such should have played this or could have played it. It's like, so that so this will build on mine. So, okay, you talk about favorite versus greatest. That's a conversation that you can always have when you're characterizing sports right. or movies, anything, anything that you're passionate about that people like to like rank. It's a totally different conversation. I can say my favorite movie of all time is Point Break, but Point mm-hmm. Break is certainly not the greatest movie of all time. It just right. happens to be my favorite. When you talk about qualifying something as the greatest, it's almost like if you are going to put out a candidate from your political party to run for president... They can't just be an awesome dude. They can't just be a great guy who's done some cool stuff. They have to hit all these qualifiers. It's right. kind of like royalty. It's like, if you're going to be the king, well, that's royalty. But, but <laughs> in the case of this, when you're talking about the greatest action movie, there's a number of factors that I think go into it. So casting, financial success, quality of acting, quality of plot, critical reception, critical reception yeah. how it plays in memory. Does it... You know, it's like thinking about that, this movie now, you're like, everything about the greatest action movie of all time is in this movie. It yeah. doesn't miss any of those, those things that you would want to have on the resume if you were going to try to qualify it, like hmm. putting it up against Die Hard or putting it up against, I don't know, The Matrix or The Fugitive or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess technically... Technically, it was nominated for like, six Oscars. Yeah. I mean, how many action movies get nominated for six Oscars? Yeah, like Cameron mm-hmm. was pulling, pulling to get Hamilton nominated for leading actress. It yeah. didn't work, obviously, but she's great in it. So I think this is this is my vote. I didn't know that.
1: I didn't know that. But yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. They were full on married at that point, right? Uh, they were just getting divorced. I think they were just getting I think they would already gotten divorced actually. Okay. I think it was 87, 89 or something mm. like that. Just before the movie came out. But Gosh,
1: uh had she won after
0: the divorce, that who would knows, have been right? Right. I'm comfortable. And then who would have kept the Oscar? Anyway, um <laughs> so that's that's mine. Yeah. I, and I think uh thinking about it like really what what because I, I had to ask myself the question of what other action movie would I qualify over this one
1: if mm-hmm. I was going to try like to make
0: true action movie right yeah and I couldn't think of one I mean if you if you exclude the ones like Gladiator which exactly is... which you have to because they're not in the same category yeah even though one is like sci-fi and one is like period epic yeah this is like so clearly a popcorn movie mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's so cl- it's a great version of it but it's so well yes
1: but I would say that the best action films are films that are not necessarily built as action films. Um, I'll give you an example. It's not an action film. I think The Exorcist is one of the great American films, not because it's written as a horror film, but because it's actually just a really good film. Okay. Yeah. And that it's the the horror and the you know the drama and the philosophical conversations in that come from a very authentic place. They don't come from a like, well, now we've got to hit this beat. And we've got to hit this beat. And we've got to hit this beat. And I think when you look at films... Like Terminator, like the first Terminator, the action seems very organic. It sure. feels like, well, we're not just gonna have an action scene right about
0: now. It's like a function of the story.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm not apologetic in that I really dislike Michael Bay may be a wonderful person, but watching those films almost every single film, it's like, okay, every five minutes there's gonna be an action scene. We're going to build up We're going to have a bigger action scene We need to have some comedy Now we're going to see the birth now Of uh, what's her name You know, she's riding a bike And now we'll have an explosion A smaller explosion And I just uh, You know, with Terminator 2 The action felt organic to the to the movie, yeah. I think it um, might have been
0: Cisco that said that like every part of this movie is just a perfect chain link in creating this perfect chain. Like, yeah. there's not one thing that's unnecessary in this movie. It comes
1: pretty close for me. I I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is still probably the most perfect
0: movie. We right. have a we have an interesting and we can't go too far into this in terms of like a genre
1: that slips into the yeah action. right right
0: and that's I mean that's the whole thing with sci fi meets fantasy meets adventure for whatever reason the Indiana Jones movies have a hard time making it into this show like we, we are reluctant to include them for I'm some reason I'm talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark forget the other movies right you think I Raiders like,
1: is more of an action
0: movie because um, I think the later ones are more of an action movie in the commercial it, sense it, well, like more, our type of action I'm yeah, just like talking well
1: now I'm talking about from a purely like if you're just saying I want to make an action movie then obviously they said let's do Temple of Doom yeah it's yeah, exactly. just an action film exactly yeah. um, which at the time was I think criticized I think by
0: Cisco Oryver as being like excessive and right you know well, fair enough. Let's uh, let's talk about our sort of favorite moments, we have, our fist <clears throat> moment. This is another one that we like to have you guys follow along with. And if you do want to tweet at us during the show, if you're watching this live, or you or you do watch this and you decide you have your own opinion, you can you can hit me up at, at @BenBatemanMedia on Twitter. Andrew uh, at Andrew Guy okay, on Twitter, G H A I. And uh, Ryan is a nomad. He doesn't uh, mess. Actually, with I do have Twitter. He does have one. Of him. Yeah, I am. He's got a ghost Twitter. It's, at uh, Ryan Brookhart. Yes, his name. You're just going to like throw me under <laughs> the bus there. Twitter bus. So please, if you have your own ideas, this is called it's Fist Pump Moments. And this is uh, essentially, you're watching the movie and you're like, something happens and you may be alone sitting on your couch and you look around and you're like, ah, are you is, pumping is, your fist? Is anybody else seeing this right now? Is anybody else seeing this right now? This is so awesome. Uh, and that's a fist pump moment. It can be kind of anything. can be a small emotional moment, anything at all. So right. uh, I am going to jump in with my own first because please. we started on that side last time. And what I'm going to say is uh, the music in this movie, the opening frame. So Linda Hamilton gives her, she gives her opening monologue and she talks about the three billion lives were lost on August 27th, 1997 or whatever it is. And then it's like, and it fades into the flames and it's Oh yeah. And then it's just those weird, like that weird horn and it's like, (laughs) <laughs> that every every time that happens, I'm like, God, this is so sweet right now that I get to watch this. Movie. Well, that's the thing we talk about with these movies that are in the '90s. We talk about how good, like, the music is. Like, this is your emotion right now, yeah, and right now, <laughs> and right now. And so, like, the beginning of it, most all of them, like, it'll have that like that slow, somber part, and then like, and you're like, yes, yeah. get, get excited to watch this movie. And actually, the sound effect of the the big drums. I believe it's the composer hitting frying pans in his house, recorded. They're yeah. not actually drums. They use that for... They, the, the sound effects of this used movie and the know, things what, what they is do.
1: He, What's his name again? Michael... Not Michael Keane. Um, what's his name? Who the, co- the, the composer.
0: I can't Slash. remember off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. my goodness.
1: We'll look it up.
0: Popcorn talk. We'll figure that out. Bales in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, so my fist pump moment yeah. is when you're, you're, you're having that realization that Oh, my God. The two Terminators are about to meet Yeah, in the right, mall. Right. You see one of them walking. You see Arnold walking with the flowers... You see Patrick coming in like in the in the cop suit, slow mo. Yeah, and and another thing about him is when he goes and talks to the parents. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, it's like the sweetest, most believable. Like, oh, this guy's just a nice cop, and a little pedophile thing going on. Little, That's a good looking kid, creepy. It's a yeah, you know. Can I keep if a this cop picture? cop says
1: that I'm like, whoa, 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 huh?
0: What? Yeah, and he's said, like, and he he say? He's like, there's a big guy here on a motorcycle. He's like, I wouldn't worry like, too much about him. He, he like stops. And they clearly don't though. really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah like whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's that moment when you're like they're about to meet for the first time, their yeah. first battle. It's like yeah, it's so sweet. I, I also just it's such a great epic moment where he, he opens and the flowers come out and he's got the shotgun. Oh, yeah, slow mo, slow mo, and Robert Patrick get down. It's just so good. Yeah. I love this movie Sit so much. Down. Yeah, I agree. That's great. All right, what do you got? Fist pump moment.
1: Uh, it's when uh, Sarah Connor gets the upper hand. It's the moment when uh, uh, is it Dougie? I think it's Dougie, the the order who licks her face. Oh yeah, she hits him with the nightstick, which is real. From that,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, well, she was was super method during that whole yeah. Um, Yeah. From that moment up to the point where she encounters uh, the C eight hundred again, the entire movie switches, and her character goes from you know the long hair. Literally, her hairstyle changes. Yeah. Yeah, you see her face. She is physically aggressive. She knows what she's doing, and it the the film suddenly makes a a sharp turn, and that whole sequence is a fist fist bump moment. Yeah, I'm old enough to say I saw the film at the cinema dome when it came out, and that was the first major cheer that went through the entire. Really, Mm -hmm. she's also
0: we 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 talk pretty frequently on on this show about strong female characters, and there's more and more of them now. She might be the greatest one of all time. She's she's terrifying.
1: Yeah. Well, there's there's only she's also very complicated, which I think
0: really really is. I think sometimes lost yeah. in conversations about T2. It's basically her and Ellen Ripley are like the two classic ones that get referenced all the time. Yeah. And, and Sigourney. No, that's, that's Ripley, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, so yeah. Those, right, those are right, two that get... What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just... We haven't watched in a while. But yeah, I mean... Uh,
1: those... Well, Ripley goes from kind of a place in the second film of being wounded to regaining her strength and even getting her like a surrogate daughter. Right. Whereas Linda Hamilton's character goes from... You know, wounded and confused to strength, and then she, in a way, becomes a surrogate Terminator for a brief moment.
0: Yeah, she's gonna go. You know, she
1: gets dressed in black. She goes to kill Dyson. She yeah. can't do it. She's saved by, you know, you know her son. Yeah, and well, then at that moment, she's it's the first time she says, "I love you." Yeah, I love so you. And so she John. kind of like you know, so yeah. she has a it's a really complicated character and such a good character. Linda Hamilton did a. An obviously incredible job. An yeah. Amazing job.
0: Uh, funny thing about that uh, in the mental hospital or in the yeah. institute, um, I don't know if you guys were, were watching our episode of Fast and Furious, we had Debbie Evans on, the stunt oh, driver. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Debbie told us a story about how not only did she have to go on a strict. Regimented low fat diet and workout regularly so that she could pull off looking like Linda in the driving scenes. No, but the, she also, is is in this scene, when Linda's doing these non stop pull ups, and I go, That was you? She goes, No. No. She goes, I was the one underneath her holding her legs, picking her up and down. Sweating. I know, she said she was on all fours, and she's she's got her legs on her back, I think. And wow. I I think she was supporting her body I think I couldn't be misremembering that but I felt like that's what she said okay she's off camera she's like under yeah she's like yeah. supporting her body weight yeah uh, she's definitely off camera yeah yeah <laughs> pretty hilarious that's, that's awesome yeah she was, she was a great guest yeah she was an incredible guest she was like yeah what'd she say she was like she got like six months repair they gave me what three weeks or something Yeah, like yeah yeah <laughs> um But uh, anyway, speaking of Linda Hamilton, let's get into Star Profiles. We're going to kind of talk about where these guys were in their career, when these moments happened, uh, when this movie happened. So we'll start with Schwarzenegger. So interestingly enough, when I was looking at his filmography, this kind of blew my mind that two of the previous three movies to this were comedies. I didn't realize he was so firmly into comedy territory at that point. So you have Twins in 1988, you have Total Recall in 1988, which is obviously not a comedy, and then uh, Kindergarten Cop in 1990. Yeah. Uh, and then this comes out the most successful action movie of its, of its era mm-hmm. it's funny when I was a kid I did not think Kindergarten Cop was a comedy <laughs> Really, <laughs> it, was like an, it was like kind of an action movie for me like kind of an adventure movie I loved it <laughs> such a sweet picture yeah so sweet <laughs> <laughs> obviously when you go back and watch it as an adult it's hilarious yeah it's, it's like so we when it, it
1: starts as this great sort of boilerplate action Schwarzenegger yeah, film exactly. he's got a beard he's got a shotgun he goes in and you know, roughs up the bad guys that's how the film starts
0: I haven't seen it since... God only knows. I can't remember the last time I saw it. Mid-90s. I've seen, like, chunks of it on TV a bunch of times, probably. Mm -hmm. But I have, like, vague memories of the movie. Um, It's a solid Ivan Reitman film. Director
1: of Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't we talk about um, how... Because The Rock comes up on the show all the time. We talk about The Rock constantly. Because in modern day, when recasts and things, comparing people, it's very difficult to come up with guys that Mm. match the physicality of these classic guys. Right. And we always talk about how it's... The reason, like, Chris Pratt is so good is because he can play the everyman. Mm. Where, like... That's not a kind, school yeah, teacher. This was kind like, of his attempt at being the everyman, and no one believes you it. It's impossible. Can't be a bodybuilder who's like a school teacher. I mean, like I guess you can, but like you just don't look like it at all. Right. Like I get the comedic effect of it, but it just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Doesn't play. Right. Yeah. 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 So he's in a great part of his career right now. Yeah, this is really good because because Total
1: Recall's. But a, it was a risky part of his career. I mean, you know, he yeah, I mean, does he's comedies, do and oh, they could
0: fall flat, and they don't. Because the mid '80s. I mean, prior to this, yeah. you know, Twins is '88 uh predators 87 i think or 86 Mm -hmm. it's just a year or two before which is almost the ultimate schwarzenegger badass movie Especially terminator predator and t2 are the three that you like that's like the most badass i guess commando but it's really corny uh well that and jingle all the way yeah (laughs) let's be honest i think we all saw that for sinbad Uh, but uh so so yeah that's schwarzenegger so then you jump over to linda hamilton and this is this is very surprising so mm. she's so good in T2 right there she is like such a badass mm. um, she's so good in so T2 shredded. yeah she's jacked she does a great performance she looks awesome but you look at her you look at her career that's like the years preceding this mm. it's basically nothing there's there's Mr. Destiny in 19, 1990, which That's is a with movie. with Jim Belushi, Yeah, right? with Belushi, right. Right. which is like a comedy. She's like the wife or Baseball something like that.
1: Baseball game some,
0: movie. Yeah, it's like a total, like one of those 80s screwball comedies. It's like the end of the wild comedy generation, you know what I mean? Mm. Bachelor Party and all those movies. That's like that feel. Mm. Beauty and the Beast, TV series for a couple of years from 87 to 89. Right. This is like the only time we've ever talked about a prior Film being a TV series we, because we, it was one of the relevant credits. Exactly. Yeah. And but
1: but *Beating the Beast* was a very popular uh, CBS.
0: I mean, series. be that as it may, even if it was insanely popular yeah. in 1987 or 89, TV didn't hold the same weight that it does now in terms of dramatic quality. I mean, you could be on the most popular, oh, sure, th-
1: sure, TV show in the world. But there were also well, only like five channels. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, <right>. true, <laughs> enough,
0: true enough. And then *King Kong Lives* in '86, which I don't even know if anybody saw that, but. I I am not
1: oh my gosh of course King Kong
0: lives (laughs) right how could we forget (laughs) oh yeah I can't really tell if you're being serious or not I kind of think that you know what you're talking about here that actually maybe yeah
1: no I know that film yeah yeah, it's terrible yeah Dino De Laurentiis produced another King Kong film
0: fair enough this was Furlong's first film ever he yeah. had no prior acting experience at all. Yeah, they I Founded he,
1: a boys club by this yeah, casting yeah, director exactly. she so saw him and
0: hundreds of, of little of boys auditioned for the film and he was the one that was picked and it kind yeah. of I mean obviously started his career. Yeah, he never like his other the other one that's like very memorable that he was in is pen Sematary Sematary X. X, Yeah, Oh or, and, Pet Pet Cemetery. Okay. Oh yeah, had Cemetery. Dumps, yeah. I think. Yeah, I never saw those movies. They're good. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, but uh, and then I, I guess probably like Detroit Rock City was another one when we were that we came out. I think I remember watching that. For movie. me, his peak is American History yeah, X. That's, that's just because I'm ups- I love that movie. And I, yeah, definitely that's the first one that comes to mind for me. But it's mm. weird that he's been doing movies for as long as he has, and yeah. he he works a lot. Like if you look at his filmography, he's in a lot of stuff. Is he, he still working? Yeah, tons. Yeah. TV, all kinds of stuff. Mm. Um, he's just not. His name just isn't really out there. Well, he's.
1: He, I don't mean this in a mean way. He aged very differently than I think maybe would have worked to his advantage. Okay, I, yeah,
0: yeah. I haven't like I just was looking at the credits. I haven't seen yeah. anything recently. But uh, anyway, getting into production development and how this movie was made. Um, James Cameron. Yeah, so Cameron just sort of is like the guru. So we talked about Mario Kassar when we were doing the Rambo episode a few weeks we ago. talked about him and his uh, buddy. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Vanya, right? Yeah. Uh, and these are like producers that worked on some of the Rambo movies. There's a few producers listed here. I, there was five listed total on the on the production team. Um, I listed three because the other two, I mean, they had credits. They just These ones seemed particularly relevant. So you have Mario Kassar who worked on First three Embo movies, he, have, he worked on Terminators 1, or Terminators 2, 3, and 4, Cliffhanger, Total Recall. Mm-hmm. Galan Hurd, who worked on the first three Terminator movies, Armageddon, Aliens, and then Cameron. Um, and they're relevant because Kassar obviously was a big action movie guy in the 80s. And he was working with Schwarzenegger on Total Recall. In a weird turn of events, basically, Schwarzenegger was like, hey, Cameron wants to do another Terminator movie, but the rights are owned by this other company partly, and this company's going bankrupt, so they can't get the money. You should just buy them out. Get the rights and let's make this movie. Yep. And so Mario goes, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think this is probably, we can make another term. He must be movie. incredibly wealthy. Well, he also yeah, had a pedigree.
1: He was producing the, the Rambo film. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Rambo yeah. 2 and 3. I, I mean, don't know he, if he did the first one. Maybe he did the He ended the first up buying one. the rights for $5 million hmm. from Hemlin. Yeah. And he gave Arnold a $14 million plane yeah. for doing the movie. <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> On top of your massive salary, here's just a plane. Yeah. Just, thanks. It's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. So, so then you look at Ann Hurd. Who I was, get a cup. Yeah. <laughs> we should get cups. We should <laughs> just get AMI, AMA cups. We should <laughs> talk about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. I like the idea of it. Uh, so Galen Hurd, who was married to Cameron at one point, mm-hmm. um, she actually was the only producer that worked on this movie that also worked on the first Terminator. And mm-hmm. she was one of the people that helped him make the first Terminator. Mm-hmm. So he was working, I think, as something like a production designer, or a set designer, or something like that, uh, at the company that she was an assistant for. They they sort of came up and ended up meeting in, in, in some sort of production role, and then she ended up helping him make the first Terminator movie for, obviously, a very cut-rate budget.
1: Yeah, they were working with uh, uh, Roger Corman's yes. company at go. the time, and I don't know which what name it was at that point, but yeah, he had done uh, production design on uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, and uh, she was, I believe, on that as well. So
0: hmm. Yeah. There you go. That's filling in the blanks of the jumping around that I was trying trying to do there. there Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So she she's one of the producers, and you have Cameron. So this movie actually didn't start. He he didn't actually start working on this movie until 1990, um, which is crazy considering the scope. It's the first movie that ever cost 100 million Mm. dollars. First, which is that's a huge huge milestone on its own. Considering like 100 million dollars on a movie nowadays is still pretty relevant, right? And this is 1991. So, but the fact that they only started making the movie in 1990, it came out in 91, mm-hmm. and it cost 100 million dollars. I mean, yeah, that's pretty the, accelerated. And the original budget was like what 12 million? Yeah, 12. <laughs> yeah, 12 million. Let's just multiply what that you by mean eight. for the first film. No, no for, for this, this. Oh, this, it was, was it oh. started at 12 million. Yeah, that, so it gets to 86 million. It balloons oh. way up, right? And the producers and, start freaking out then. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, you should cut some scenes. Uh, you should cut some scenes." Well, they, I think they suggested they cut the battle the, at the beginning, the biker scene. The bike. Oh yeah, yeah he okay. wanted to cut the biker scene. The Schwarzenegger showing yeah. up with the cig- with the cigar, and Schwarzenegger like refused, and he's like, "Oh yeah, he was like the only person that would cut that is a studio head." Yeah, <laughs> I love that Schwarzenegger's like such like the nobleman. He's Yeah, like, of, of course, he kidding. He ended up the friggin' governor of California. Like, yeah, absolutely.
1: Did I mean how much of that had to do with the sort of the development
0: of uh, of the CG that was? Quite a bit, quite a bit, right? They spent a lot of money developing all of the stuff that was going to be Robert Patrick, all of the, like the liquid the metal T-1000 stuff, right. stuff, yeah. which just like with Avatar, it was cutting edge. I was going to say that's, oh, that's sort of the yeah, you can sort of see a through line even there. Think that they could do it right until they until Cameron made the Abyss, and they were like, okay, well, kind of with what he's got going on in here with the water tentacles, exactly. He's yeah. like, I think we can make this happen, and that's when he was yeah, and and they spent all that money. I, I think something like six and a half million dollars uh-huh. was spent developing the technology. Um, for the, just for that, the three and a half minutes of screen time that you see Robert Patrick, uh, yeah. as the, you know, in, in like the various liquid forms, uh, which is right. pr- pretty interesting. But, uh, so from 12 to, wow. Yeah. It's- yeah, I guess it, it the a cap. The the highest estimate is 102, but 100's like what they say. So, uh 171 days shot in 1990, 1000 crew members shot over all over California. Mm-hmm. Um so this is one cool thing that I saw in like little making of videos that, that Cameron because during pre-production he would have so many crazy ideas, these sets oh, and the, yeah. the ways that he wanted things to happen. He would design these little miniature sets. Uh, super, super tiny and he had like a little handheld camera like the size of his thumb that he would go in and he would like sort of film little little miniature versions of what he wanted to see yeah. as well as storyboarding. Uh, and I, I found him making a video that I saw some of this in. Um, I didn't pull any of it but I thought that was like a pretty cool idea because he's so he's there's so inventive. Yeah, there's just so much going on in his brain at all times. Like the only way he's like, well, let me not let, not, not let me draw you a picture. Let me make you a model of what I'm thinking of, right. so I can show you exactly what's happening in my brain.
1: Spielberg did that with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: Okay, yeah. um, some pretty sense.
1: famous photographs of him with little army men sitting oh, down there yeah, and, yeah, I've and seen those. It. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a few pictures like that. And David Lean did that. David Lean. He directed a little film called Lawrence of Arabia.
0: Oh, oh okay. I heard of this film.
1: And Weekend at Bernie's too. That's a, I think that's a good film.
0: That's a good film. I love the Weekend at Bernie's movies. Uh, so yeah, so you got like you, you got Cameron. Cameron co wrote this with William Wisher Jr., who's uh, basically he's really just a an action movie writer, primarily. I mean his credits are are not uh, they don't run rampant. He worked on Terminator 1, Judge Dredd. Uh, he's got something coming out pretty soon with John Moore, who's like a big action movie guy. Okay. But his writing, I mean, everything he's worked on pretty much has been just an action movie. Hmm. Um, which means that James Cameron is almost entirely responsible for writing this movie, really. And Wisher's only credited as writing some stuff in, in both films. So. Hmm. Um, this movie's written phenomenally. It's very well written, yeah. It is. Like, it's, there, lean. Like it's, it's very lean. Yeah, it's clean. It's, it's written well. It's believable. It's. I don't know, Cameron's just... He's a genius. Like, the more and more that you look into what he's done, like, you you hear it from everyone. Like, oh, he's the greatest director of all time. He's this, that, and the other. But, like, when you actually delve into the man's work and everything that he's done, everything that he's ever worked on... Yeah. He truly is maybe the greatest. Well, there's, like, all these... There's all these stories you hear about him, right? They refer to him as Iron Jim. That's, like, one of his nicknames. Uh, And on set, he's incredibly demanding. He has a temper on set. But, you know, that's just just while working. Right. But apparently, because he just... His vision for what he wants the movie to look like is so particular. He wants it to feel this certain way Mm -hmm. uh, that he gets involved in everything. So there's pictures of him... There's even pictures of him touching up Schwarzenegger's makeup. I mean, there's one sequence in the in, in like the making of this movie where Schwarzenegger was in the chair with like repaired Terminator for 35 days in a row, and it would take yeah. it somewhere between two two and a half and four hours every time. And yeah. even Cameron would see, and, oh, I, no, I need to fix this, and he'd right. get in there himself. I mean, he's not a makeup guy, you know. He's coaching the actors, and he's 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 just so hyper aware of everything on set.
1: Well, I think when you've got a vision, you know, and you're just naturally, you know, lean towards being an autocrat or. Somewhat sociopath or whatever you want to call it. Sure. And you have talent, then people will fall in lockstep, or they won't. You know, or after the movie's over, they'll say that guy was a real asshole, but they'll look back and say, but he had a vision. Right. And I, you know, I mean, I think that's the that's the trick with making movies in general. Um, is you know, if it comes out really, really good, he'll be said, oh look, they'll say, oh he was a genius. Right. And I, I'm I'm hesitant to use words like genius with. With that, I, I mean, I I just did a film myself, and a, you know, every day it's controlled chaos. You wake up and you go, what is what is the theme here again? What what are these characters? Even if you wrote the script, you know, right. what what is this about? And and you have to rely on a lot of people, and a lot of people um, that I mean, if you look at uh, what Linda Hamilton did, yes, she was you know, part was written for her, but had she not. Done exactly what you know, she not, had not committed as much as she had, even to learning how to pick a right a lock yeah. on the on the what do you call it the, the thing yeah, on yeah, the gurney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she was super committed to that. And yes, I mean, she can match his energy and maybe even go over the top, and maybe that's why they got a divorce, who knows. But the fact <laughs> yeah. is, I think household. that's what it is when you look at it, you go, Wow, you know, he you know, he's a genius, and look at this film. I think that it he had a real vision. And everyone sort of came up to the plate and matched that, and that's what made it a classic. But I think that you know, there's a lot of great filmmakers out there where the film just runs off the rails, and right. they may be just as talented as, as Jim Cameron. But maybe they were just less scared of the other directors.
0: They also didn't make the two highest grossing movies of all time. Well, <laughs> that's, three at their time. Well, yeah. you mean, do you remember yeah. that Avatar? And Titanic. And that's the one and two. Well, that's ever that's in the future yeah but i mean even at the time when this one came out i think this was the third at one yeah. point behind et and and the first star wars you yeah know, for for a while well this exactly. was a
1: huge gamble and it and it
0: paid off big yeah. time yeah big time absolutely so uh yeah i mean we sort of talked about cameron loosely all throughout this production notes section uh he is kind of unrivaled like he's he's you mentioned spielberg and lucas Ren, right those would be that those would be the obvious names that come to mind for other guys that sort of stand well they're the big three you can't really yeah. argue with what the three of them have done yeah and the money that they've made it's like direction production and quality to some to some degree with mm-hmm. the three of those guys and everything they've been involved in and they they do sort of represent it's it's not like to say for instance somebody like Scorsese who's like yeah I mean or, or Aronofsky or Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson like there's these other incredible directors yeah. but it's not on the same scale yeah I mean and the guys that have like who, who else could we think of who's been movie, making movies for like 30 or 40 years like that like yeah, like Scorsese or I guess Coppola is kind of way, way past his prime now. But, like, other guys that well, have... Well, if, mean,
1: I mean, if you look at Coppola, I mean, he's, you know, he's followed, I think, his, his vision. Right. And at some point he got tired of making these really big films. He started making very small personal films. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, do people see them? A lot of people don't see them. Are they good? They're very personal. Right. So they're going to polarize people. Um, but they're not necessarily built to be crowd-pleasers. They're not necessarily built to be, you know, big pole films. I guess. And I think to that extent, Coppola is very unique, and I don't think he ever tried to do that.
0: Agreed. I, I guess my you point know. was the guys that stick within the studio model, and they are making those big movies, and they keep making them for long time. Lucas times, would not
1: like you saying that. Yeah, he thinks well, of himself as an independent producer. Yeah, right.
0: and, I, my point is getting lost know. here, because now I'm just rambling. But the point I try to make is if you... Stepping outside those three, there's only a few guys you could even really point to who have sort of Kubrick, The Stones that even are right, exactly the guys that have done it for long enough. Eastwood, maybe these guys that have made enough big movies and had enough success for a long enough time, their way, right? So it is interesting. I think Cameron sits at the top for me. I Spielberg, in a lot of ways, rivals him. There to me, those are the two. Lucas, just because it's so heavily Star Wars, right? Um, But the other two were involved in more properties. But anyway, uh, we can talk about back to the film. Not the film exactly. <laughs> um, interesting note, though, about Cameron is that you know he he went to school to what, what was he going to be? He was going to be a doctor or something like that. He went to Cal State University. He was an engineer. No, yeah, he was an engineer. Yeah, was yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. But he ended up driving a truck to support his screenwriting ambition. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. just he just had this vision, and he was not. Gonna, he went to school for it. Yeah, he did the he did the he did the four year program, but uh, he just was un, uninterested in in doing, it. To doing exactly what he wants to do the way yeah, he wants to do it. Drive a truck, make a movie. That's what I want to do. Yeah.
1: Not unlike you. <laughs>
0: That's right. I'm just trying. Just trying right now. If you guys need anything hauled, you can call <laughs> 188. no. Uh, no. So uh, let's 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 talk about critical and box office a little bit on this. Yeah. Please. Um, I think mean, the critical reception of this movie is just phenomenal. But let's do oh well they both are. Let's do the numbers first. Yeah. So first we can we can throw up a graphic here showing the uh, the worldwide gross of all Terminator movies. And we have In Order and Genesis. Very and, intense there. Yeah. Genesis is listed here at the end because I think it must have opened somewhere already, somehow. Yeah, yeah. it opened last night. Um, okay. This, I pulled this yesterday. I'm wondering. I was trying to figure out where the 8.4 came from. Who knows? Yeah. European, or I think it's... It oversees it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like the time difference or something, maybe? Like, I I don't know. But anyway, pr- primarily, $8 million is not, uh, does not stack up to the other ones. Yeah, we'll talk about the movies that have been out for more than a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, T2 is, you know, by a long shot, the highest grossing. Funny that T3 is the second highest grossing, yeah. when T3 is arguably the worst. I haven't seen Genesis yet. I've heard horrible things, but... Have you? Yeah, I've heard pretty bad things. Interesting. It's, I think at the Tomatoes, it's like 14%. Terminator Three, Rise of the Machines—you think of as the worst of oh, the. Ter- I mean, I would have to watch that in Salvation back to back again. But I oh. remember at least there were like moments in Salvation that I was like, oh, this is cool." And there were a lot of moments where I was like, "This is just lame." But C three, I recall just watching the whole time, just being like, "This is not good." This is. I think well, you- I'm one
1: of these guys. It's just going to defend till the day I die. Terminator Three. I don't think it's a. It's a great film stretch but I think it has some very solid scenes in that movie some very solid stuff I think you know going back to Schwarzenegger's kind of commitment to getting things you know made a certain way he paid he paid to finish the or he put up a lot of money to finish the whole uh uh Chase sequence where there's the crane crashing through oh, right. a lot of buildings. That's a great sequence. I mean, uh, you, you, I mean the uh, that can
0: be. I mean, they're all they have great action scenes.
1: But I mean, well, yes, it, it's not just an action scene though. It's a well constructed act, act, action scene. It's a very, it's a beautifully built action scene. And I would I would say that it's it's one thing to have explosions and cars jumping over things, but it's very well paced. I think it's a it's a really great scene. And there's a few <laughs> other scenes like that too. Uh, I think is it Claire Danes. Uh,
0: that sounds right Claire Danes mm-hmm. yeah yep. she's
1: very good in it um, yeah, I think Claire Claire that he's in terrific and in it Dallas Cowan's um, in four you know I, it gets shit on a lot I don't know can I say it? Yeah, yeah you just did no did problem
0: Nick Stahl the, is the kid right? Yeah. See, and I, Nick Stahl
1: is unfortunately I think a lot of people including myself said you know why couldn't you have brought um, Eddie Furlong back right I, I, I mean was he that drunk? I don't know,
0: yeah, I know. But, so um, it was like 03, 04 something
1: like that yeah yeah but he, he could have done it
0: um uh, I'm not educated enough to talk about those two movies. I've Terminator seen each Salvation once, right is when they a glossy-looking... I'm the same looking- way. i saw yeah. both in theaters, and I never saw them again. So yeah. I, I yeah. don't... Like, like talking quality, I, I was just noticing it's interesting that T3 made more money than Salvation. Salvation was the most expensive by a long shot. Yeah. Yes. That movie lost money. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it didn't lose money worldwide, but it lost money in the States. Yes. Um, but uh, But the critical reception, on the other hand... Uh, of these movies, I was when I was like reading the reviews, mm. I was reading T2 and I was like, This has to be the, the best reviewed right. of all. I was like, this, this has got to be the one because all the y- And then you go back and you look at one and one's the best reviewed
1: 100%, right? Yeah. 100%. 100%, right?
0: I mean, it, it's only 100% by, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's only based on eight reviews right. on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? There's only eight, eight cited, and it's an old movie, which makes sense. But like, mm. there's 65 reviews for the second one. But even mm-hmm. so, those eight reviews are all 10 out of 10. Like, it's. Mm-hmm. made me it actually made me want to go back and watch Terminator 1 again I've seen it on TV a bunch of times right. recently yeah, yeah. It's, on, it's on like one of those channels a lot Josh our friend always yeah. plays it LRA yeah the network LRA it's always on yeah but, uh, Spike I want to go watch it like at home with the sound it's, I saw home it a few years now. ago I mean that was the Terminator was the first R-rated movie I ever saw really it was like five years old blew my mind it was just like I was like, this is amazing. Was it like this an is an what HBO movies... did. You just uh, I remember it was we were sitting. I was getting babysat. And I was sitting in my friend's basement while her parents were sleeping. That were supposed to be babysitting me, and we found it and we watched it, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think and it is amazing. And it is. It still is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, not even gonna. I agree. I <laughs> want to watch it again so I could like share the opinion. Right. Like fully. what about yes? Because I remember the one thing I remember watching Terminator last time was that it feels much more like a thriller, much more like a scary movie in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. a drama. It's terrifying in a way that Terminator 2 isn't as much. Um, And I was reading a lot of the reviews and sort of the idea, it seems like the consensus opinion of critics at the time is that Cameron had constructed like a really tight, really beautiful sequel to his, like this sort of incredible success. And as an action movie, a quality, quality action movie, it succeeds on every level, but from like a quality piece of dramatic film, there were some critics that seemed to sort of roll their eyes a bit more. Um, at T2? At T2. Right. That yeah. seems to be the mm-hmm. difference. in, And and that's almost just that, like, you almost can't. You can't make a sequel that with a studio that wants to make all this money and expect it to... I mean, he made the best possible sequel that he could make. You weren't going to be able to do T1 again. You no. wouldn't be able to make a movie of that quality, that raw of a feeling. It would have been completely impossible. I mean, how much money did they spend on each what Schwarzenegger's fifteen million dollar salary meant seven hundred words of dialogue total, and he was paid twenty one thousand dollars per word, which means "Ostola Vista" baby cost him eighty five thousand dollars, and he says it twice. You can't pay Arnold <laughs> eighty five thousand dollars to say "Ostola Vista" and expect to make the same movie. Yeah, you have to you have to evolve the and you evolve it in the best possible way. I mean, this is the only movie ever. What a cruel
1: way to break that down.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? This is the only movie ever to where the first movie wasn't even nominated for an Academy Award. And the second one, not only was it nominated, it it won many. Yeah, won and, f- and to say that, four, right? won four, yeah. all for technical, yeah. you know, technical stuff, makeup yeah. and sound effects and uh, special effects. Um, But it was nominated for six. The first one wasn't nominated at all. And that's the only time that's ever happened. It's so it's, it's really hard to... I mean, imagine mm. trying to make a sequel to one of the greatest movies of all time. And you do it, and it's kind of better...
1: Yeah. It really is. But there's something but really it's a different movie. Yeah, you know, there's something really I think particularly compelling about James Cameron though is that he he he's really an underdog. I mean, now he's so established yeah. right, in some way, but if you think about Terminator, it was a very very low budget film and like 3 very, million or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I it, that's even stretching it to some accounts. Um but you know, the way they got things done and if you ever get a chance, listen to the audio commentary on Terminator and you'll see what uh, a scrappy production it was. And I got this great, great thing done. If you look at Aliens, uh, he um, it was a smaller budget than the first film, I believe. And there were so many times people thought, oh, this is going to fail completely. And he employed rear projection there as an yeah. example in a way to create scale that they just didn't have the budget for otherwise. And you look at it and go, my God, it it did so much better than we expected. It was a huge thing. And so he had this sort of kept defying expectations and built this amazing career. And now, of course, he's a super established guy. But even then, when Avatar was being made, people thought, oh, this is going to just collapse on its own weight. It's funny, too, if you look at it. And it becomes so huge. And now you're like, well, I guess you can apply the same attitude about Cameron to even this
0: scale. It's like he's just going to go balls out. If you look at Alien versus Aliens, it is kind of a similar conversation to Terminator versus Terminator 2. It's it's a very very similar process because Terminator because Alien is a gritty, scary movie in space mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is that is it's quieter and there's just you just see the one alien it's more of a thriller. And yeah, yeah, exactly, it's more of a thriller and Aliens is a full-tilt action movie. Mm-hmm. Bigger set pieces just kind of generally Explodions. well the tagline was this time it's war. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny, Cameron. See, we we talk about those rules at the beginning of the show. There are some movies that you're like, well, we we have to do the movie. It feels like this show so much, mm. but it doesn't necessarily fit the rules. Aliens is a movie that it's it's kind of difficult to apply it. Yeah, I mean, the villain is an alien. It's she like it just Well, also, uh, uh, Car-
1: uh was it Burke? Is also the villain, right? Yeah. He represents Weyland Yutani and all the sort of like. Undercurrents and machinations. If you take mag- machinations
0: and Die Hard, Speed, Point Break, The Rock. These are the movies that represent our show. That's, what we, that's what we wanted to do yeah. the show on. Right. But, like, Aliens is a sci-fi movie, but it feels like those movies. Mm-hmm. It's the same genre completely. So it's interesting, his tone in T2 and Aliens, they're two of the greatest of all time. Mm. And that's just him. That's Cameron. That's his vision. It's so big, but it's credible, but it's dramatic, but it's awesome. There's yeah. expl- Right? I mean, it's, it's just like the, we did Jurassic World. Yeah. There isn't like, I mean, there's always like that kind of villain. Yeah. You've got Newman in the first one, you know? Newman. Yeah. <laughs> He's also the I know you're <laughs> going to die guy. Yeah, he totally Newman's is. He's fully the right. I know you're going to yeah. die guy. And then, yeah. uh, and then World, right. you've got D'Onofrio. But really, at the end of the day, you've the, got D'Onofrio. Got D'Onofrio. Vanessa. Uh, the bad guy is the T Rex. Yeah. And the Indominus, you know? So it is hard to classify that in our show, but it's like you have to do these movies. Right. Cool. And I feel like we yeah, should I do mean, aliens.
1: the T Rex is a. It's a great, He's the feeling. hero. Well, in the, the, the most previous, right, recent yeah. one. Yes.
0: Um, so, lastly, with the with the you know the critical and whatnot, before we get into ultimate action scene, uh, you can just sort of see the movies that came out that year. It's another it's another reminder of the difference between now and then mm-hmm. about franchises and about action heroes. And obviously, Terminator Two being the highest grossing movie. It count it's, it's counterintuitive to the rule, but Robin Hood, Beauty of the Beast, Silence of the Lamb, City Slickers, Hook, Adam's Family, Sleep with the Enemy, Father of the Bride. Aside from Naked Gun two and a half, once again, eight out of ten are not pieces, not sequels, or pieces of franchises yet. Uh, whereas nowadays, it's generally speaking the opposite. Eight eight yeah. of the highest grossing movies you know of this last year were part of franchises yeah. and sequels, and you had two that weren't. So uh, it's it's just it's the direction things were going. I guess the
1: sequel would be still sleeping with the enemy. Yeah, you know? they
0: they never made a sequel to Sleeping with the Enemy. I know. I no, I'm just saying you can't trick me. On the...
1: <laughs> half asleep. <laughs>
0: Um, all right, so let's... <laughs> waking let's... <laughs> up with an enemy? <laughs> so let's get into the ultimate action scene. Uh, we're yes. going to cue it. Um, I have the second half of it queued up, because if I showed the whole thing, it's like eight minutes of, or nine minutes of movie. I'm down mm. to watch it again. But essentially, from the minute that they're in the factory, the Cyberdyne HQ, and they realize that the cops are coming and Schwarzenegger just has to start blowing shit up. Mm. And that sequence, until the moment where they're escaping, going towards the factory, the steel mill, um, that's just I sort of stretched that whole sequence out in my mind as one piece. Um, so we have them actually on the freeway here, uh, running away. Cause Such there's, a great scene. Yeah, there's some. Really I love eff- that they keep using semi trucks because they're terrifying. Yeah, they yeah. they are. Like if, in- if, if you're getting chased by a semi truck on a motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. First of all, if that bumped his motorcycle in the uh, ravine, yeah, he would have he would have immediately died. Yeah. Right. Right. Just just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just the motorcycle gone, spins. like a kid on a little bike. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is great. Like, uh, yeah, it's so it's good. it's really good. So this whole scene, uh, w- one of the pieces I found, and it'll show a little bit in this making a video. We'll cue right after this, but uh, a lot of the stunts here are done by Schwarzenegger's stunt double. That guy's um, just incredible. Uh, yeah, what's his name John, here? John, is it Davenport? Is that no? Am I Peter Kent? Peter Kent, right? Uh, so there's like th- like this whole sequence where where his the gun gets he loses the gun. Yep. So he's like, uh oh, lost one one piece of like one firearm. Better go get this sweet submachine gun out of the right. car and just like like an assault rifle. Yeah, <laughs> he, he goes. Oh in. Well, yeah, when he gets the yeah. assault
1: rifle, it just starts wailing on. Oh, that guy's so face. Awesome. So this
0: right here, this is this is that's all real. There's yep. two this cars. A guy that's that's that. a stunt double. Just gets up there and just starts going to town. So sweet. Um, can you imagine have like having to execute that stunt? Like you're. You're driving. There's two cars. You're climbing around. You're yeah. jumping up. I don't care if well, it's going you know, 20 miles an hour. It's still terrifying. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and he's the, on he, the truck during this too, as in the, when it gets flipped. And yeah. people
1: are loving, you know, Fury Road, and which is right. amazing. But I think, you know, in a way, this is a little more impressive. You. Well, you look back, and there's aside from rear projection stuff. There, this is physical.
0: Yeah, it's real. You know, yeah,
1: all real. But that,
0: there's like three daily. tractors that are like pulling that yeah. truck on its side. Crazy. And he's riding it like a surfboard. I mean, when Arnold drops down into the, again, the canal is what I talked about earlier. Yeah. That's him again. It's the same guy. I mean, yeah, he's got cables. And if you look really, really hard, you can yeah. actually kind of tell. The cables? Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Finally, they've it's actually fixed amazing. that. In the last it, it, Blue Rivers. Yeah. Oh, really? They just completely, it's all gone? Yeah, they're all gone. Oh, oh, gone. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is oh, like... Oh, Stan Winston. Yeah, this, is a this pe- guy is just a genius. Yeah, he's cool. was was oh, well maybe. i mean well he will always be yes but. exactly but uh yeah so this is like that that's like a this is like when they're in cyberdyne yeah. and and basically you know he just this whole thing where he's walking and he shot up so that's like a prosthetic schwartz yeah it's not him yeah. yeah yeah it's an animatronic that was made an to be destroyed. yeah there you go <laughs> that's that's it right there um that they designed to destroy in the scene Man. and i i was trying to figure out why like <laughs> 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 this, this is all pretty funny what is happening? yeah It is <laughs> <laughs> he's talking he's like hey, smile a little more <laughs> he's like, oh. Kiss him? Nice. And he says, he says oh, they're not paying you? It's okay. I'll get paid for you. Like, I was watching the video. I was cracking up.
1: So, Arnold's so awesome. Well, well, craft services.
0: Yeah, Landcraft services. I want to tell a quick story on the, on the show. This is going to no, jump Maria? off. This is going to jump off subject just a little bit, but uh, I know I've told you this story before, but my, my older brother, years ago, used to drive a bus in Aspen. He was... uh oh, yes. And he was learning to drive, like, a shuttle in Aspen, mm. and he... He had this instructor who was teaching him to drive the bus named Hans, and he's this Austrian dude, this little skinny Austrian dude who's like a chain smoker, and just always wore like a black pants, black shirt, hair slicked back, smoking cigarettes, kind of like Dieter from uh, Mike Myers from the SNL sketches. Mm-hmm. And he totally talked in the accent He had the Austrian accent, and my brother was learning to drive the bus. And there's this giant brake that you have to use on one of these things called a retarder. Uh, and my brother <laughs> was really reticent to use the retarder because it was like retarder. made this big loud sound. You see where this is going? it would make this big loud sound and and he was really hesitant and Hans would like stand there with like his hand on my brother's shoulder as my brother was like driving the bus and he'd be like he'd be like it's okay, it's okay. Don't be afraid to just give it a little more retata. It's okay. Do it. Come on. It's it. okay. Pull it. the it. retata. Don't be afraid to just give it a little more retata. So, we've been saying that to each other for years. Ever since he told me that story. Just made me think of it with the short side. <laughs> well, you stanger. have
1: to pull on the retata.
0: Yeah, pull the retata. Retata 2. It's, okay. it's okay. Get the minigun from, uh, from the Predator. Mini yes, yeah, it's the same, the the same minigun, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's the physical. It's the same one. So they they actually they blow a building up here. This is real. Uh, the it's, third... Floor right. They they built a third yeah, floor. Yeah, they built a yeah, false third floor. It, yeah, and blew it up. But uh, you know, it's it's in like Fremont, California. The building's still around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everybody's standing around, just like just like let's just just push this like a, button. Yeah, just <laughs> explode the building. Yeah, uh, as a uh, you know, they took took eleven cameras to get that shot right and get it cut together well. Did hmm. you did you see there was over a million feet of film shot for this movie? No, I didn't a see that. A million. Wow, that's just in- incredible. I just mean the editor. All right, here you go, man. That's insane. Um, yeah. So, so speaking of you know like that that thing, and then also when when the helicopter's chasing them, and it like the helicopter goes under that overpass. Yeah. Um, that's so that's real. Yeah, um, but the camera guys didn't want to shoot it. They refused to shoot it because they thought it was too dangerous. <laughs> this, I'm Dude. not going to get killed for this movie, bro. So the pilot, uh, what's his name? Temboro, right? Mm-hmm. Charles A. Temboro was willing to fly it, and Cameron got on like a truck with a camera himself to shoot the shot because nobody would shoot it. Exactly. That's how committed Iron Jim is to his cause. That yeah, that that that. When I read that, I was like, wow, this. Really has won me over. Like, I already loved Cameron. Yeah. But I kind of had, like, this thing about Cameron. I don't know what it was. Right. It's like this, I don't know, you know? Like, when someone talks about something so much and how great it is, you kind of are like, well, well, what about this? What about that? Sure. But when you read about this movie and what he did, and and that alone, just having the balls to, like, okay, I might die being a camera guy on my own movie. And we
1: can say, wow, Iron Jim. However,. It could have been film tribute to say, "Oh yeah, that idiot killed, died, right, exactly. yeah, right." <laughs> In that scene, so it's crazy. You know, there's a fine line. Oh, see, see right there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's all weird.
0: Okay, it's interesting. Yeah. I, it makes me want to go back and, and, yeah. and watch it. But again. of course, yeah. it would be
1: child service would be like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. About I don't know. About oh yeah. oh yeah. yeah, let's just yeah. let's just put Eddie Furlong on a it's thirteen year old on a bike and yeah, we'll just have he doesn't him care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting enough about him actually. Uh, I'm sure you guys read the same thing, oh, yeah. but that because he aged during production. His voice changed. Hmm. They most of his audio in the movie is ADR. Um, almost all of them, in fact, yeah. was done at the end of the film. Uh, the only stuff when when I think he's talking about why do humans cry. Yep. Uh, and they, I heard about they wanted was it to, a
1: girl. What a woman that did his. ADR. No, oh, he
0: went back and did it. Oh, they just changed it the pitch oh, on okay. it. because his voice is lowered. So it's like, and he he's visibly yeah. aged at, during production. Like yeah. the scenes in the desert, he's very young. What's he this? looks younger. Um, which one? it's like Trace team. oh it's yeah we'll, we'll, oh. we'll get to that I'm just, didn't you direct a movie called Trace I did that's right <laughs> we'll I that. can't wait to talk about that um, alright so that that's pretty much the ultimate action scene where we're, great... uh, as per usual, pushing an hour getting to the categories. Hey, I mean, we got to yeah. do it, especially with a movie like this. If, if we're going to talk about other movies for 80 minutes, you got to talk about T2 for a while. Like, it's, the this greatest is... movie of, it's the greatest action movie of all time. So. It, that's what you said. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> so let's go over favorite lines, guys. I know we favorite each Favorite lines, one. Once yes. again, if you guys are watching, please chime in. I, I'd love to hear your favorite line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, do we, what do we got here? Uh, well... Let our host go first. Or, I mean, our guest go first. No,
1: actually, I'd like to me? hear
0: you. Okay, fair. Like I'll do you. that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. And I, and they keep coming back to it over and over, and it, and it gets a little more in depth. But the first time I heard it, I, I laughed out loud because it's delivered perfectly and it's just great. And it's when Arnold goes, What's wrong with your eyes? Yeah. He looks back at it. <laughs> I don't know why I just love it. It's like this intense moment, and it's, so you're like, it's like laughing
1: at his performance there. No, I love his
0: <laughs> delivery. It's like the perfect timing and delivery for the line, and it's 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 a great little moment to break up like this this like it's a sad moment between him and his mom. Yeah, it is, and it's it's one of the few moments of comedy in the film that is just like perfect. Yeah, and good. I don't usually go with comedic lines for my favorite line. It's a good line. I I'm between two. Originally, the line I was going to use is the, is where he's talking about. Um, I think Edward Furlong says something like, we don't make it. Humanity, I mean. And he goes, "You like, your people have a tendency to destroy themselves or something like that. And he's like, major bummer. Yeah. Um, I was going to use that line, but I, like, it's almost more, like, laughable because that, that's a theme in, in Cameron's movies. It's the whole, like, society's yeah. arrogance over, you know, whatever. Um, the one I actually went with because I think it's so badass is when Sarah Connor is escaping from the mental institution oh, God, such a and great she's, scene. she's got like the Roto-Rooter and mm-hmm. she's got the needle up to what's it, Mr. Pr- Dr. Anderson Dr. Is Prick what's his, what's his name <laughs> Dr. something anyway I wanted him to die so bad yeah I hated he him. broke my arm <laughs> uh, but he's uh, she's got the, the, the and, and they're like they're like oh Jesus and she's coming up and he's like just easy Connor she's, let, she's like let me. She's never gonna happen Connor and she's like she's like what'd she say uh, she's says something to the effect of like you know, like we're all gonna die. You know, I believe it. So don't fuck with me. And it's like, yeah, it's just like so intense. She is so intense. Yeah, and I then
1: just... he's got that great delivery. He goes, "Open the door, <laughs> open yeah. the door. Yeah, I just great. love the,
0: I just love because she's she's in the previous like you know, the last time you saw her, she's like, I don't believe it anymore. I, you know, and you know that she's lying, yeah. of course. She's like, I, I don't see the visions anymore. And she's just like, you know, you know, we're all gonna die. You know, I believe it. We're all screwed anyway. Yeah, don't mess with me. Yeah. I'll kill him. Great, um, yeah, it's, that's that's a line. When he breaks his arm, he's like, "You broke my arm." He's like, "You have 216 other bones in your body." That's one. That's yeah. one. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? Use the retada. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite line it's okay. in the movie. Okay, do it. Come on, just you use the You have to listen very close for it. <laughs> use the retata.
1: It's it's just the most ridiculous line, uh, and it doesn't really fit into anything. But when, at the end, when he's just beaten to shit, he goes, "I need a vacation."
0: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's great. You're like,
1: Okay, where did that come from? So the
0: Kindergarten Cop, I believe. It yeah. says the
1: same thing. Yeah, well, Does it? You say the same thing? Yeah. Same line. So is was, that literally. Is that. Because I've always thought no, it's so it, silly, it's so out of character, but why not?
0: What it was is you know? that it was. In the film, everyone thought it was ad libbed. Arnold wasn't sure if he should say it right. uh, because of Kindergarten Cop, but it is in the original script. I need a vacation. Okay. Yeah. It's a like comic relief. It is a weird line. It I is. agree. With I it. just think it's <laughs> it, it. Everything sort of stops for just a beat, and you're like, oh, right. Okay. Maybe that's the only, in fact, that might be the only flaw is that one line. Now, yeah. that, now that you bring it up, that's really? like the only line that I'm like, it doesn't make sense with the character. They just broke character for the sake of comic relief. I mean it does and it doesn't. I agree that it, it doesn't really fit, but at the same time it's like he's got an la Vista baby and like all these other lines that he that he's picked up because of Furlong right, being right, like, dude, right. you suck. You're so boring to hang out with, you sound like a robot. Right. So I don't hmm. know. I think it could be a, t- a testament to that moment. Typically the subject is terminated. I oh, so good. <laughs> I love this movie. Negative. Yeah, it's a terminator cannot terminate himself. Yeah. They, himself. Had to, they had terminate. to loop it. Oh yeah, cannot self terminate. They had to loop it because no one, no one knew what he said the first time. Well, he <laughs> said self pleasure initially. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. You guys should look up that trailer recut. It'll, it'll crack you up. Um, so, all right, that's, uh, that's that's his favorite line. I'm excited about the next segment. Yeah, this is so we we do the we do the uh, the hero villain ranking every week. And week to week, it's like sometimes they don't even qualify. This is yeah. one that they absolutely qualify. So mm-hmm. it's do the hero and the villain rank. In the top 20, top 50 all time in their respective action movie category, Mm -hmm. heroes and villains. And this is an interesting one because you have, we aren't going to talk about the original Terminator from T1 because that's a whole different villain, but Schwarzenegger's hero, Robert Patrick's villain, and to some degree, because we always, it's like an Easter egg, Linda Hamilton, we always, we already kind of mentioned it. She's maybe the greatest or in the top several female heroes ever. Um, Where do Robert Patrick and Schwarzenegger rank? Patrick is so good in this. So good. He is so perfect. And like the fact that this dude went through and would literally just run his ass off every single day to train for this movie so that when he looks like he's running like 50 miles an hour, he's never phased, never breathing heavy, like never. He's just completely stone faced. Yeah. Uh, He's terrifying. He's ruthless. And I think that that moment in the beginning when he talks to the parents is probably my favorite moment. Yeah. Because it's before you really see how crazy he is. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's he's just the sweetest guy. Like, yeah, a little creepy, but yeah. he is just great. And and the T two villain with the swords, it's yeah. do you have I, a picture I, of John? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a good looking child. Like yeah. his delivery is just excellent. He's a good looking kid. Yeah. Looking, I I wouldn't worry about him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I gotta put him in the top twenty. Top mm. top fifteen. I go top ten. Yeah. I might even go top five. I can believe it. It's he's somewhere he's somewhere between For action movie villains, he's somewhere between 5 and 10 would be my guess if I had to just gut feeling on Patrick for me. I'd love to know if that's
1: the case, then who would be right next to him? Well, this is, we
0: talk about this every week. We it need is, to make a visual because well, just, there's so many. We do need to make a visual because now we've referenced enough of them. I'd yeah. love to see where we where we each put everybody and like where that so chart. No, so not
1: next to, but like in the ballpark. What would be next? Of oh, the action movie villains,
0: yeah. um, well, Gary Oldman in Air Force One is is up there. Okay. He's, he's like yeah. a great one. We've talked about him before. He's definitely a top ten. Ed Harris yeah. and the Rock. Ed Harris in the Rock is another one that it, for me and
1: Hans Gruber. Where's Hans Gruber? Hans Gruber. Yeah, yeah. Hans yeah, Gruber's, Hans Gruber's a great day. action movie. Oh, absolutely.
0: He's one of the great ones. Um, you probably have to go with the original Terminator in the first Terminator. As an action movie villain, totally. Uh, as one of the all-time greats, um, none of the Rambo movies have a villain that matters. I mean, yeah, we're just, we'll start to go down this road and ramble, but I mean, that's essentially okay. you start. That's the company. It's, it's the guys. Because what always happens is, basically, the villain in the best ones of these. Almost always is a guy that if that performance existed in a movie that wasn't an action movie, it would be like Oscar loosely awards worthy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's like where we look at Ed Harris and The Rock. The reason we love him so much is like if it wasn't in The Rock, that's a great performance. He's great. Yes. He's fantastic in that movie. It just happens to be in the rock, so people just laugh it off. And you um, find in these movies that the villain is so great that it just carries the film. Yeah, like if, if I mean Robert Patrick's awesome in this movie. So yeah, he for, is. for me, he's he's, he's I would guess he's like right around number six or seven. I'm okay. going fifteen, top fifteen. What do you got, Ryan? Mm. I know it's on the spot. This is this is a tough one. We it's always just kind of ballpark it. Um,
1: I think that you know, I mean, he's a essentially a silent, you know, villain. He speaks very few words. Yes. Um, it's a it's it's a very physical performance, uh, and he does an amazing job with that. Uh, in terms of like super memorable villains, I mean, if I if I if I separated out what he does special effects wise and it's just his performance alone I'd say it's probably in the top 20 for me yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, that's an interesting way to put it I mean you I take think it, you take out the special effects yeah I mean if, if you look at all the other things that are going on with that character he did an amazing job I wouldn't take anything away from Robert Patrick's performance at all um, but it, I would say yeah probably within the within I mean see I, I immediately invoke things like Balok from from Raiders of the Lost Ark, sure. Who's a character who's suave, who rarely does anything violent whatsoever. He barely breaks a sweat, but right. you you hate him and mm. you're fascinated by him. Hans Gruber from from uh, yeah, you know, most part. Again, suave. Hans Gruber seems. Like he's just so much more intelligent. Oh, Bodie, so much more. Bo- than
0: Bo- Swayze, Point Break. That just came to mind. He's yeah. I was going to say, I'm surprised he didn't say that. He's a fantastic villain. He's an antihero, but he's great. Yeah, I mean, him yeah, him
1: straight up antihero. Yeah, one of right. my
0: favorite villains of all time is Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator, but I can't have him in this conversation. But yeah, it's he's hard just, to qualify. He can't. But he's it's that type of those type of villains where they don't really do anything yeah. until there's like their one battle scene. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, let's talk hero. So where do you guys where do you guys put the T800? It's interesting. This is—I uh, know—we're not supposed to talk about the first one, but Arnold playing the exact same character is the only person ever to be on AFI's top villain and hero list for the same person. Yeah, for the same same character. Uh, Pacino's on it for two different characters, but right. Arnold is the only person on it for the same. And I think he's great in this. Like he's—he is an incredible hero, but there's—I don't know. For me, it's hard for me to put him in the top twenty. I don't know why. I'm with you. I I agree. I I do love Schwarzenegger in this movie. He's great. I mean, he's so great. I think it's because he's not human. I think that's what it is. It's hard to relate to these characters, or to to this character, because he is a robot. He just has... He sacrifices himself so completely. But he's a learning computer.
1: He's... He's true. He's bringing out the... He's bringing out the human in other people.
0: A learning computer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess for me, for my heroes, like, I love... I love the everyman hero. I love the guy that's got like that that those human characteristics that make them believable. They've got they've got weak tendencies like, you know, like Denzel last week. Yeah. You know, he was an alcoholic. He he wasn't in incredible shape. He wasn't super mm. strong. Like the the thing that I love about heroes is that they're also believable. Right. And mm. they're they they can be the everyman. Oh, I just thought of another one on the on the villains list. <laughs> just move on, Ben. Yeah, move on, Ben. Castor Troy. Casper Troy is great. Castro he is Troy very is good. good. Face off. Got to yeah. do that one soon. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's uh, that's mine. Uh, we kind of agree. I'm, or no, that was yours. That was, I was mine. I was yeah, piggybacking yeah. my idea with it. I I agree with you. I have a hard time. There's all these characters that come to mind, like, you know, John McClane and Ethan Hunt and all these that are just so for me that I just immediately am like, yeah, I'm going to put that. I'm going to put it ahead of T2 Schwarzenegger. Like, he's easily top 50. He's easily top 30. Yes. I don't think he breaks 20 he's he might be just outside 30 he's somewhere between like 25 and 40 would be my if i had to just that, that'd that be my ballpark yeah probably just outside top 30 for me 32 something like that hmm. what, do you, what do you think i i'm very different here i i i can't
1: disengage my childhood memories of schwarzenegger with any of these things for me he's in the top five.
0: Oh wow that's, that's okay. excellent
1: um no i mean it's 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 him it's you know seeing him off camera his humor seeing it come out in scenes in, you know terminator or you know whatever the film might be um but you just mentioned denzel washington yeah mm-hmm. it's like also i anything he's in i i love yeah and every time he's playing a hero like even what was the what was the last one uh equalizer equalizer yeah not a great film love every second he's on screen. Oh yeah, yeah. he's love incredible. It. Every second. Sense.
0: He would have loved our, our Man on Fire episode. We had we had such just like a Denzel Love Fest. Yeah. The, the Denzel the Denzel Tony Scott connection we've oh. established yeah. was is the ultimate action movie connection. It's basically we've decided it's it's like the holy grail. Yeah. Them working together was is the greatest thing that's ever happened to action movies. Yeah. Um so I, we completely agree. Actually yeah. you know one thing though that, that reminds me is when is when Linda's over there and she's watching the two of them high five and play. Yeah. And you have that moment of where she realizes it makes complete Sense, yeah. Why John created the Terminators, or why he has them? Right. They'll never leave you. They'll never betray you. They'll never hit, like get drunk and hit yeah. you. Yeah. They will always love you and I be there for you. I made
1: a note about this last night, watching it. Exactly what you're saying. It's a, it's a family unit in a strange sort yeah, of way. Maybe that might yeah. have
0: bumped him up to the top twenty-five, top twenty for me, because that, that realization right there that I had forgotten about is, it just puts a heart behind it. Yeah. I mean, we, we always, we always say with this, like. Because they're just ballparks. Yeah. These don't, we don't have to within 10 unless you are going to really make the list. So it's fine if you're outside the top 20 or whatever. Like, if you're close to it. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not an exact science here because we don't make the list every week. But what does it feel like? And yeah, that's fair. Linda Hamilton is definitely top five for me. Oh, for, for female action hero, yeah. She's, she's, has just strong Mm. case for number one. I feel like it's undisputable. Yeah. You can't argue that she's not in the top five.
1: I completely agree. And there's so few of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's more nowadays. They come out more often. Mm -hmm. You get to see more. But it's definitely an evolving, it's an evolving category. So let's talk about recast, guys. Uh, this is the part of the show, guys, where you like to chime in on YouTube and show us your recasting. And often your recasts are as good or better than ours. So I believe there was one last week. Wasn't it Idris Elba? Somebody said that Yeah, it was great. And Man on Fire. Yeah. Idris Elba as as Denzel, and man on fire, if you were gonna remake the movie today. Um I thought that was pretty damn good yeah thank you guys so much for commenting last week I know Ben and I haven't gotten back to you yet we've been very very busy but we will we have not forgotten about you no, we do love not. your recasts we always read them yeah that's that's always a, a super super fun one Um, so the roles I <laughs> the roles in this that we're recasting are Schwarzenegger Robert Patrick and Linda Hamilton it's difficult to recast kids so we usually stay away from it yes. there's just not enough child actors that I'm super super aware of or our guests usually are to, mm-hmm. to go in that direction 90s um, Haley Joel Osment yeah, he's not, he's not gritty enough. Yeah. yeah, if anything, if anything just comes to mind, <laughs> if anything comes to mind with Joe Morton and you want to recast Miles Dyson, feel free. But that wasn't in the description, so it's those, right. it's those three. Um, so let's start with Linda Hamilton, Ryan. Who you got?
1: Recast with uh, Linda Hamilton. Who is was your modern um, day modern recast? day
0: recast. See, I. I
1: I'm going to let you guys do this first because I actually I start from a different place. I start with Schwarzenegger, who I'd recast there.
0: Okay. And I cast well, Schwarzenegger. Down. Yeah, let's start with Schwarzenegger. That's because I had All asked right. you before the show and you were like, I, you got to wait for the episode. So See, I've been dying. To
1: me, it sort of builds this way. I I would go with Jackie Earl Haley.
0: Oh my God, that's Terminator. great. Jackie Earl Haley? Yes. That's great.
1: At his current Are age. Are you talking about the guy? Yes, exactly I'm talking about the guy. I'm talking about Rorschach from Watchmen. Yeah, right. Watchmen. And from Little Children. I think you go... Yeah. I think you go I think you go a different route entirely. I, do. I think I think that I'm I look, I love Dwayne Johnson, I love The Rock. I thought he was he really good
0: stuff. Yeah, he can't.
1: But the thing is is that people say, "Well, what's the, who's the new Schwarzenegger?" I don't think there is a new Schwarzenegger. There's not. I think if you go somewhat comparatively, you could say, "Well, The Rock is, you know, he's got personality, he's got all that stuff is true." Um, and I like him, so it's not a, it's no slam on, on him yeah. at all. But in terms of like recasting a movie like this, where do you go with it? I mean, I feel the same way about, like, Superman. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, why why are we going with another, I, and I'm sure people will hate this, it's like, well, why are you going with another tall white guy with blue eyes? Well, no, you could do that, absolutely. No problem mm-hmm. there. Um, but why not look at it slightly differently? I mean, the idea of bringing in someone who looks practically homeless right. and completely, you know, unintimidating at all, uh, you know, turns out to be this ruthless killing machine I think is a really interesting direction and that's where I would have gone with it
0: I love I love your tenacity and your defense of it I love that cast actually I think that's really smart because you can't recast Arnold you can't write the rock down on this piece of paper otherwise you're going gosh that's not Arnold no and you can't write down Tom Hardy it's a cop out right even mine's a cop out it was honestly I was just like who can I put here who'd you put Henry Cavill Superman yeah he, you make him look kind of creepy. You bust him up a little bit. You shave his head, or maybe like yeah. change his hair. Like his, well, he could be stature. like a fashion model Terminator. Exactly. So that's the thing. That's why he, he he's too creepy for it. You know. Yeah. And, but I do remember him in Superman. He's just he's just jacked, and he's and yeah. he's not just like shredded jacked. He's massive. Yeah. You know. And that's one thing that Arnold obviously is. Um, I, I I don't really love my recast on this one. This is like the first recast that I've done. This just this one character. I like my other two, but this I, one character is just so hard for me. I disliked all of my Schwarzenegger recast ideas because where I started in my head was like, okay, this is the sequel, and he's clearly aged past the initial one. So if you if this was Terminator Two was being remade now, and in theory Terminator One had come out in like two thousand four, two thousand six, mm-hmm. or something, this is a guy that had to have looked a little younger and a little more intimidating when the first one came out. So he's a little more aged. Who can I think of who's roughly forty? Hugh Jackman came to mind, but I was like, "That sounds like he's just because he's jacked." Yeah, I you can't. You just have to go with Schwarzenegger again. That's that, yeah. was, that was what that was I decided. I just was like, "I'm not going to do the disservice." I mean, think about when they tried to put Sam Worthington in Salvation as a Terminator. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he was bad. He's got the glassy eyes enough that he could sort of look like a robot. Like they, <laughs> that's what they wanted. They wanted a, 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 a the glassy eyes, like this phys, like yeah, this yeah. physical. And it's fine, but it was completely unmemorable. There is no Schwarzenegger. Just like you said. I mean, that's why he's in Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just... So anyway, that that was where I I, I didn't I, I skipped the Schwarzenegger recast. You know why? I know I'm interrupting our recast, but while we're on the topic of Gen- Genesis, yeah, we do have some friends that do a show here, Bayman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Anatomy of a Movie folks, uh, they do a lot of new releases every week. They'll, they'll cover several, and I know that next week they're going to be covering uh, Terminator Genesis, which is I haven't seen yet. It's just came out. What you said last night? Uh, yeah, I believe it was released last night. Yeah, small release. Um, so you know, it goes big this weekend. And they will be covering it next week, so please check their show out. Uh, they do a great job, and you can get some current Terminator information when that one comes out. Yeah, so, that's why I, I did 2-2 this check week is, out. because of the release, and uh, Anatomy Movie is a great show. So yeah. check it out. Let's get back to recast. I'm sorry to interrupt. Of course. Um, Schwarzenegger, let's move on to Robert Patrick, I guess. Yeah. Ryan. No, no. You know, I'm going first on this you one go. because I love mine. And we I, went for the same. We one. did. We had to. And this it, is the most obvious. It right? is. It's the most obvious. And he's just—he would—he would be so perfect. There's right. literally not anyone else. Like, there's other great guys that could play this role, but in my mind, no one could do it better than Michael Fassbender. Right. now. Completely agree. He's the guy. Like he's, he. And yes. it's a cop out because of Prometheus, because he's an evil robot. Right. Exactly. But like the look, the seriousness, the evil, the intensity, the just all of the things that made Robert Patrick so good it's like Fassbender is the carbon copy modern day version yeah and he could be he'd be clean like good he'd be like a clean like believable cop give him the same haircut yeah he's just ruthless cop uniform yeah totally physically believable yeah what do you got Ryan? Well, I mean, I didn't have anyone in particular, but I like what you're.
1: I like where you're going with this because, yeah. to me, if you have again, you'll understand why I'm saying top down from Schwarzenegger. Yeah. If you go Jackie or Haley, then you can say, well, now the sky's the limit, because if the villain is handsome, right, mm-hmm. and really, you know, if, if you go say Henry uh, Cavill, is it? Yeah,
0: yeah, it for the Terminator. Yeah.
1: You know, almost go through who are the top 10 like heartthrob you know mid 20s early 30s guys oh, yeah and really the sky's the limited you can play it any which way you want in that respect Austin could play Austin could do it yeah at, why not yeah but, he'd be, you know gonna... as, a, as an interesting counterpoint to that now now we're in completely uncharted territory in terms of what the
0: audience, audience's expectation is fair that's
1: where I would go with it
0: okay. Uh, okay for Linda Hamilton I went and I this feels a little bit of a cop out because I just saw her be such a badass but I went with Charlize Theron. Ah, I just yeah. think at her age now and what she did in Mad Max and like, it just feels right. It I'm imagining all of the physically intimidating things that Linda Hamilton did, and I'm thinking about all the crazy and the awesome and the sunglasses and the guns. Yep, and yep. I'm just imagining Charlie's Theron doing all of it, and it totally plays for me. Just yeah. I think she would just knock it out of the park. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it should be great. Um, I had a few. I went. I went Emily Blunt first and <laughs> I immediately Emily, had to retract it. Yeah, because I'm like, I always use Emily Blunt. I just love her so much. Um, Edge of Tomorrow did such wonders for our belief in her ability to just yeah, be such a just badass. A, just a killer. Yeah. Uh I went because you you did remind me about the whole age thing and Emily Blunt is she even though she could have a thirteen year old kid, she doesn't look like she would have a thirteen year old kid, even though he's nine in the movie. Um I went Julianne Moore. I like if that. If you could get her to work out like like Linda Hamilton had to do for this movie. Yeah. Six months of intense like jujitsu, boxing, like yeah. cardiovascular, no fat diet. Julianne Moore could totally pull this off. She could. And
1: that's very weird.
0: It is
1: right. No, no, because that's who I was going to pick.
0: Oh, really? High five. Up that's top. Very weird. Boom. She's intense. Down low. Down low. Oh, that's a callback to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Because they do it in the Terminator. And it was yeah, a really yeah, lame callback, too. But it was. Know. But it was still at work. <laughs> I like that one. Um, that's good. That's that's very good. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I mean, she's she
1: does have the physicality to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean... Would she still be age-appropriate, I wonder? I think she can. I mean, because she's, she's still... still this she, is probably another time for another show, guys. But I would just say that that's one thing that fascinates me about a certain generation now watching movies that are in their 20s or 30s or younger is that they're venerating a lot of films that took place that were shot in the '80s and early '90s? Look at the age of the cast in those movies. Right. They're not. They weren't cast for being in their hot, as a hot 20 year olds or whatever. There's mature adults right. making these films. Yeah. And look at and look at, look at Alien. Look at Aliens. Look at Terminator. Look at all these films. I think that's one of the things about it is I think there's a certain of cynical nature to Hollywood now where it's like let's cast who's trending. Yes. And why do these these films might have a nice, you know, it might have a nice uh, box office, but they have no shelf life. Mm. You know, nobody gives a damn. I certainly don't. You know, that's why I think films that have older actors, they resonate because you actually feel like these people are really experiencing this. They have more stakes in it It doesn't feel like a cynical, you know, casting call. Certainly. That's
0: my... Um. Opinions. Do we need to touch on Cage versus Cruz? No, I think we skip it this week. I, it's just—it's it's, it's a funny idea. The idea of either of them playing the Terminator. The idea of either of them playing the T1000. Cruz could play the Terminator easily. I think Cruise can pay the T one thousand.
1: Either one. Why not yeah, Cruise yeah. on Cruise?
0: Yeah, <laughs> would, nothing would make me happy. <laughs> yeah, Cruise could like do anything. Cruise can do anything. little okay. Yeah, it's the um, okay, yeah, best. Nice. Uh, all right, let's let's skip it this week. Yeah, let's skip um, it this week. We got we got to talk about Trace. We, we got to do our categorizing. Yeah, yeah. So before let's let's do the categorizing. Let's talk a little about your movies. So first yeah. of all, uh, what we do is at the end of the show every week we talk about what. Uh, Of the three action movie categories this movie fits fits into, which of the three? Sorry, I got a little dyslexic for a minute. Um, And those three categories are totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and legitimately ridiculous. Essentially, it's fall off a cliff of absurdity, kind of like Face Off, completely legitimate, kind of like The Fugitive or Die Hard, Mm -hmm. and the pinnacle perfect hybrid of absurd meets awesome, which is like the rock and point break, movies that are campy, yet quality and engaging the whole time. Um, Which of the three categories does Terminator 2 Judgment Day fit into? Let's hear it. Totally legitimate. Totally legitimate. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Not even a question in my mind. I thought when I was imagining it, I was imagining it as legitimately ridiculous. Right. The pinnacle. When I watched it again, it's totally legit. Yeah. I agree. I a hundred percent agree. I. It was on the line for me for a little bit, but first of all, the robots were traveling back in time. Once you get over that yeah <laughs> get over it just get over that get over that that's the movie that's the whole premise of the movie right if if you can travel uh, back in time then you can have something some trans- met- metamorphic metal yeah. that can turn into anything met- basically like, it touches met- poly- alloy. yeah <laughs> uh, so I was flirting with that line but I do have to go totally legitimate yeah that's me what about you Ryan
1: I just think it's a hybrid of legitimate and ridiculous so
0: I think yeah? it's totally legitimate and sometimes ridiculous so, so you so have the middle category so legitimate ridiculous yeah Yeah. You go to the middle. That's fair. I I was close. That's our favorite category anyway. It's the best category. Like I said, in memory, that's what this movie was to me. I Mm -hmm. was watching it again. I I bumped it up. But truthfully, the ones that fit the middle category are usually the most entertaining. This, for me, just for whatever reason.
1: It's just some tonal choices that Cameron makes, I think, that make it that way. And one of them is the Bad to the Bone song that comes out at the very beginning, which had already been overused in another film. Um, and then like I need a vacation there are moments in it right. that you're yeah, like "Yeah,
0: see those are the things that make me you're winking to the
1: audience in a way and it, it, it kind of changes the tone for me yes, a little bit certainly, I certainly. Agree. that's my
0: um, alright well you know before we wrap today we want to talk to you a little bit you have a movie coming out this fall
1: I have a film coming out in October uh,
0: so Ooh. tell us a little bit let's, let's run the trailer let on really the quickly. trailer let's watch it
1: it's a very short teaser trailer yeah very yeah. short
0: for Trace Trace Judgment Day I'm a huge horror movie guy by the way He's... Confirm your message. I, I can hear you. Can you hear us? Do you hear that? It's like a voice. It's broadcast outside of this world. Yeah, see, the
1: sink is lost. Like, That's just for us. do
0: you yeah. see? You open the door. It runs out. The the there is no list. Leave us alone. John! Please help. Please. Oh! Ah! oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is your I, style all the uh, way. Yeah, yeah. Ben knows. I'm a huge horror movie guy. I watch all of them. I'm a. I love them. I love Paranormal. I like those fingers.
1: You like the fingers? I like
0: the fingers. They're awesome. creepy. Uh, so when do we get? When do we get screener tickets for this? What's going on, man? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'll make sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It'll be. It'll be. Uh, it'll be available in October, and uh, we're going to be at some uh, film festivals, which I'm not at liberty to say which ones they are. Sure. Um, which I wish I could. um but yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a paranormal film. It has some. It winks at uh, quantum physics. Okay. And the way we perceive things. So you wrote and directed this film, right? I did. And this yeah.
0: is the first film that you've directed.
1: Uh, this is the first time first... I'm admitting that I've drawn
0: Okay, alright. When I met you ten years ago, we talked about like at the time right. you were kind of like you were yeah, had a bunch of stuff you had written, you had been writing forever. Mm-hmm. You had one movie I think called I won't talk about the name yeah, of it. Yeah, don't say the that, that <laughs> you had sort of you'd messed around on and it was mm-hmm. kind of your learning experience. Later mm-hmm. on, there was a second one, a few years later, that was, that was like, Get Your Feet Wet. Yeah. And then this is, look, like, this is the one, like, well, since I've talked to you, this is the first sort of feels real to you in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: I mean, some some great... Th- these three guys, uh, Jim Glock, uh, Miles uh, Feinberg, and uh, Joe Dane, re- great producers, they saw the short, loved it, and it became, like, the inaugural film for this new label. And so- the
0: story for how this short was made that you were telling me before the, the show, I don't know how much you actually do want to talk about it on the show... Uh, was crazy. It was just like a happenstance of some buddies that were like, I have this and this equipment and I this. I love and this. hearing
1: your version of the story. I want to hear No, 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 seriously. I, <laughs> <really>? You <laughs> want to hear you. my version? Yeah, I want to hear your version.
0: Okay, so I you know, he he, he was sitting on the couch before the show and I want to talk to him about his movie and um he was telling me that <laughs> there's a you know, couch over here. Yeah, there's a couch that's over there. We never show it. Um his buddies, they uh they live next door, they kind of like an open door policy between the two houses or whatever, and they were he went in there and they had a quarter million dollars worth of film equipment, everything. Rigging, lights, cameras, absolutely everything, sound and uh, he's like what is this? It's like oh we just finished our uh, final and we just have it for another week. Hmm. He's like yeah. Okay, I'll be back. So he goes home. He he types up he he takes a, an excerpt from his script like a, what do you say 17 page? It's like a 15-17 page yeah. thing. Yeah. He brings it over. He goes check this out. Should we do this? I'm like Phew. why the hell not, man? Yeah. So let, let's so so they tear the guy's apartment apart, just completely rip it apart. They film it in there. There's all uh, what was the guy's name? Newton. Uh, the the, or- the guy that got the orchestra together for you guys.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It, it, it was Someone else. A friend of his. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. just... Uh, they literally had everyone. Someone to do sound. Someone to do CGI. All the camera equipment. And they were just like, let's just do this for fun. Yeah. yeah. And then the producers saw it. Uh, one of your producers saw it. And the
1: moral of the story is, is that we... A bunch of friends did a movie for fun. Yeah. And we wanted to entertain ourselves. And it got noticed. You know? As opposed to... You know, front-loading it with all these expectations, we just right. decided, let's do something in our own ecosystem, put it out there and see what happens, and, you know, that's the moral of the story.
0: And that hits home for us because of our show. Right. That's just, we're just two buddies that love movies. Yeah, that's why we Especially do it Especially action movies. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy to do this. I'm sorry, we keep cutting you off. I know you're about to say something. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. I was mostly just listening, and uh, I was going to make a stupid joke, but I'm not going to make it anymore. <laughs> um, so where can people find out more about the movie? Yeah.
1: Uh, go to uh, terrafilms. I think it is or net
0: I think it looked like at the end of the trailer. Oh, yeah, like on yeah. the yeah.
1: end of the trailer, just rewind and you'll see that. And, and you... if they
0: want to watch the trailer again, where where can they find that? Uh,
1: Facebook has uh, Terraforms has a Facebook presence and a website. So
0: excellent, yeah, We're very excited very to see cool, it, man. Yeah, Thanks, we'll, man. We'll, we'll definitely give the shout out when it when it officially comes out. As long as we get the screener tickets, and yeah, well, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I'll be down at Comic Con doing some stuff. So okay, cool, be, yeah, yeah. So so keep
0: your your eyes open at Comic Con. Say what's up to Ryan. Absolutely, um, that's gonna do it for our show today, guys uh so thank you ryan brookhart for coming by thank you and and uh talking about movies with us uh this was super super fun Uh, one of the one of the great movies of our time absolutely great episode thank you guys so much for watching if you want to follow along with me andrew or ryan you can find us on social media i am at ben bateman media on twitter and instagram uh at andrew guy once again on twitter and what am i at ryan brookhart there you go <laughs> not another bus this time <laughs> uh, we will see you guys next retarded. week use, use the, the retarder do it, come on it's okay do it from producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Spitek and the entire Popcorn Talk Network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit
1: popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network